0: Hi, I am Tsinghan, and this is the Parents in Tech Podcast. In this special collaboration series with Stripe, the financial infrastructure platform for businesses, I speak with parents at Stripe on how they create work life integration and balance their career ambitions with family aspirations. In this episode, I speak with Vivian from Stripes APAC Banking team. Vivian is a mother to two children, age 3 and 6. Hey Vivian, welcome to the Parents in Tech show. To begin with, can you tell us a bit more about your family?
1: Hi, Ching. Hi, everyone. This is Vivian. About my family, I've actually just moved to Singapore about two years ago. So I'm a Mm. new immigrant to this beautiful country. I have two lovely girls. They're six and three years old. They're here in a local preschool. We live in a central area of Singapore. My husband is currently in China. We met each other in US, San Francisco. That's where we got to know each other, got married, started our career together in the tech space. As a family, we spent about 10 years in the States, Bay Area, and then roughly five years ago, he decided to move back to China and start his own business. And I wasn't ready for that move. So I stayed in the States and then, you know, it's not the best setup. So finally, two years ago, I decided to move out of the U.S. and move closer to Asia. And that's I'm here in Singapore.
0: Wonderful. So really much reducing the distance between that. So much to unpack over there. But let me start off first, Vivian, by asking why the move from US to Singapore, right? You built your career over there. I'm sure it's a space that you are very familiar with. What what was the motivation behind that move?
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of my friends ask me that. And to disclose some fun facts, I have not stepped my toe into the Singapore soil before I decided that I'm going to move here, which wow. is quite different from many other people. They do business trip or they at least do tourist trip. But for me, the initial thinking was definitely moving back to Asia just to be closer to family. Initially, was looking at moving to mainland China. I did a lot of research, even did some interviews. It was certain things of just the working culture here there is not necessarily the best fit for you know, my style and my preference. Mm. And Singapore came across as a possibility because my husband actually did his high school here. And so we were talking and he was like, why don't you think about Singapore as an option? So I started the research a lot about the country. Obviously, we talk about the country where he spent four years here before. I know a little bit about the country history, how it's like from you know reading books and posts Anyway, as I was digging into it, it just become quite of an easy decision to make. There's so many good things about being in the central of the APAC region or Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia mm. region. And then as I was looking into the tech space, there's so much happening, both like global companies expanding to the country, taking Singapore as a APAC hub or local homegrown tech startup. It just made me very, very excited as I was looking into the professional opportunities. Yeah. And then down the road, I think it was quite smooth. Like I found a stripe offer opportunity here, did the interview. It was a really good match. The process was quite smooth.
0: Wonderful. So I'm curious also, where were you and your family like when you just moved? If I do my math right, when you first came to Singapore, you had two very young kids. Probably your younger one was one plus year old. Tell me what it was like to resettle and move your two young kids together with you to a place halfway across the world.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, And actually, we moved during the middle of the pandemic. So we were supposed to be here a little bit earlier. And then the pandemic just kicked in. So we got stuck in the States for a little bit. My older daughter got stuck in mainland China, where she couldn't kind of come to Singapore. And we, my younger daughter and myself, stuck in U.S. because we couldn't come to Singapore and the borders were all closed all of a sudden. So it was quite hectic. But anyway, we managed through, we did the quarantine with my younger one uh, Mm. in Singapore. But once we're here in the country, a lot of us start with finding local schools. Singapore made it. I think it was relatively easy. Just a lot of options. If you're not particularly picky, (laughs) there's a lot of options available. We just find one that's like close enough and it's been amazing. She settled in very well. Looking for an apartment, we managed to get a helper, which is such a relieving. I think the best that Singapore has offered me so far is giving that extra support. What else? It's been, you know, Singapore is known to be so expat-friendly, multicultural. Mm. So I think as an immigrant, I find it particularly easy to settle in. In a mm. lot of ways, it feels a, a lot more like home than US, mm. I guess. So yeah, it's been amazing almost two years here.
0: Wow, you make it almost sound so easy, but I feel like moving to a different country, one that you haven't been before, plus doing it right in the middle of a pandemic, plus having two children. Come on, I'm sure there's at least one challenge that you had to overcome. Tell me about what was the most surprising challenge that you weren't really expecting, but when you arrived and as you were settling in, you encountered it.
1: That's a good question. Well, maybe the rental price was something kind of surprised (laughs) me a little bit. It was uh, a lot more expensive than I had initially expected. And school fees are also not particularly, you know, on the affordable side. I think other than, you know, just generally like cost for some of the big items were definitely on the higher end. Otherwise, weather is a concern, but to be frank, I mentally prepared myself this to be a place where it's really hot. Other than mm. the fact we cannot go out during the middle of the day, I find it to be pretty manageable. If there's anything, I think there's more challenges with like toddler, terrible two, and now yes. she's three, uh, which is like very general parenting challenges. I don't think there's anything <laughs> Singapore specifically imposed uh, here. It's just more like kids at certain age is harder to cope with. And then you have to balance out with, you know, work.
0: Yeah. Got it. And on that front, I also want to ask, because you moved to a new place and presumably a new company, a new role, certainly there's a lot of work that you get to deal with. And I think a big part of doing a new role, joining a new company, it's always the need to almost prove yourself that you're delivering value first. And especially for yourself in a leadership role, you have people who are looking up to you. So I'm curious as to what were some of the strategies or tactics for you to really cope with the initial settling in, which is not too long ago, right? Just two years.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. There is somewhat of putting a little bit more hours. I remember when my younger ones were like two years, when I first started working here Mm -hmm. as a new member, I was just so excited to learn. So inevitably, you kind of work a little bit extra hour to speed up your ramp up. And I think the school here offers a pretty long hour, which has been beneficial. So I'm able to like stretch out to the time that I can focus at work while Mm -hmm. kids is at school. There's... Definitely a lot of like specific tech context. Here, that I think my years of experience in other companies before joining Stripe Singapore has helped mentally prepare. A lot of Silicon Valley tech companies have similar working structure, organizational structure and expectations. So that's actually a good realization. When I was making a particular decision on whether to join a homegrown company here, which could be really exciting and probably have a more upside versus a US company expanded to Singapore, I gave a lot of thought. But one of the reasons that I settled in a U.S. company like Stripe, it, in addition to, you know, the company itself being a really good company, yeah. a lot of it is that it doesn't give me a lot of easy time, given that a lot of cultural and ways of operating is inherited from a U.S. company, which I'm decently familiar with. So I think that in terms of like professional working culture, there hasn't been too much of a shift that definitely helped me settling in and ramping up fast.
0: Got it. And being a woman tech leader, now tell me how that is like, I guess, both in Silicon Valley and also in Singapore. Because I would still say it's still the exception rather than the norm, at least from what I see. I would love to be corrected on that. But yeah, tell me about what the state of things are, how things have changed in your career. Tell me a bit more about that.
1: Yeah, totally. Let's see, I've always been somewhat of a minority, right? Because mm. I started with a software engineer, which female is a minority in that role. And then I transitioned to be an engineer manager and also a minority in that group. In general, I think both the US and Singapore, and maybe now like developer country as a whole, has been realizing more and more that there's unconscious gender bias or structural mm. biases that people are keen to kind of overcome or correct. So in some ways, everyone is trying to put extra support. There's so many kind of social groups different forums books and TED talks to share tips of female or like minorities in those fields how they overcome some of the biases how do they Mm -hmm. really stand out So I think I'm actually one of the kind of smaller cohort probably benefited from some of the social shift Mm -hmm. personally I'm very appreciative of that throughout my career I had a lot of mentors a lot of support from different companies that I've worked they're all very supportive of like female in tech female in leadership coming to Singapore specifically I I think like this social structure of helper and just all the logistic convenience brought by this country is so crucial. (laughs) My personal life quality has increased dramatically ever since (laughs) moved to Singapore, where I'm able to carve out a little bit my personal time whether it's workout, whether it's like reading, whether it's social with my friends and coworkers, Singapore has been able to offer that structure support mm. that I can afford it. Whereas in US, I think that's a little bit harder because it's really hard to find domestic help. So then after work, all I do is fully dedicated to homework and kids stuff.
0: Hmm, got it. So it sounds like there's a lot more resources, platforms, people to speak to. So I'm going to ask you, what is one advice or one takeaway you had that really stuck? And where did that come from?
1: In terms of like female in leadership? Yes. Maybe this is my most recent realization, which is as a woman or as a human being in general, really focuses on investing in yourself, whether mm. it's about you know your own health, physical health, mental health, or skill set, it's super critical. I think I've had a number of years that a lot of what I do is like giving, right? I give time to my kids, I give time to my family, I give time to what work needs. And mm-hmm. at certain times you feel like you're not growing internally. You don't think you're better as a individual day to day. And there was times that I feel maybe depressed because of that sense of being mm. stuck at some stage and not investing in myself so i think at this age and this stage of my life i've realized uh, it's really important to invest in yourself so that you keep your energy up you're happy you're energetic day to day That actually enforces this like positive feedback loop where you're nicer to your kids. You're like more positive at work, which is pretty, pretty crucial. I've had a female friends, which is like this is a little bit more common in female demographic segments of people that they tend to just putting a lot of resources, attentions on other people and forget Mm. about that they should take.
0: Yes. So what does taking good care of yourself look like? Because like you said, we all go through tough days. There's always slums, And a big part about being a parent is that you don't want to bring that back to your kids, to your family. So what are ways for you to maintain and keep that up? I would say like get yourself out of these challenging situations.
1: Yeah, totally. It's a constant balance that I strike for myself, especially lately. I think these days I have been a lot more deliberate about carving out time for myself Mm -hmm. and then deliberately prioritize it. As an example, I used to do yoga when I was younger. And then as life goes on, work and family and kids all takes your time. And I stopped practicing yoga probably for a number of years. And Mm. then actually kind of since COVID, I started bringing back my habit. And in some way, it doesn't matter how busy I am that day, whether it's kids or work, unless it's like house falling down. I try and make sure to give 20 minutes of myself just doing stretches and doing the thing that I love and keep myself happy. That's like something very small. Once you're consistent with it, I feel like my mental energy level has been pretty up there because of this like tiny 20 minutes investment that you have with, with yourself every day and other things I find very helpful is always having this like social supporting community if you will I think part of how I find Singapore being so easy to settle in is not soon after I moved in I was able to through friends and co-workers met other mothers that are in similar age have similar kids we happen to enjoy hanging out with each other and then there's times that we go out without kids there's times that we date having that like small friends circle community where sometimes it be an outlet sometimes they be companion when i need it to be has been pretty helpful
0: wonderful and so i want to also get a bit more advice on that right because coming to a new place with a new job with two young kids I think one of the biggest challenges that people always wonder is, how do I even find the time, find the places to make friends? What was that journey like for you? And on hindsight, what do you think worked like or what do you think you did that led to you being able to build out the network pretty quickly?
1: Yeah. I think work has been good. Like we came here, we have co-workers with kids. That have been mm-hmm. a really good channel. I happen to have some friends through my husband's younger experience or tenure at uh, Singapore. So he introduced some folks. I have one fun story, which was, I think Facebook had some mm. very explicit channels about like Singapore expats. So I used to read the post there. I ask a question and someone nice. was nice enough to give me a lot of suggestions. And actually I joined the school that she recommended. And then turned out our kids were similar age, so I think Singapore in that sense, you know, expats particularly seems to have a tight uh, network. i found that to be a fun interaction, and you know we've evolved over time since the first interaction. But you know we hang out off work, etc. Yeah, generally. It takes time, but I think you can balance it with, you know, taking the kids out so that it's a play date. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing, as I said, is try allocate time for yourself. So if you have helper, you have babysitter. Oh, for the first six months in Singapore, I didn't have a helper or maybe 10 months, I didn't have help. help her. Oh, wow. So I hired babysitter on right. demand. So they could okay. help me sit the kids, which is quite crucial. Yeah, I think just like use the resources that you could find through different channels to take some of the weight off your shoulder.
0: Got it. Okay, you're going to humor me for the first, it's just crazy to be because I only have one daughter, she's going to turn two soon, but I definitely need help. So What was it like for that babysitter? Was it the babysitter coming in to cover the time when you were at work? And then at the evenings, it was just you. Like, tell me a bit more about what happened in those months.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. As soon as we landed, not far, almost the next day, like we put my kids to a preschool. So we started the school Ah. searching when we were remote So that's one. So as soon as possible, I need to put her in the school. But after that, it's like off school hours. I try to find helpers. There's like a really good app, different, Mm -hmm. actually different kinds of app I've tried, that they can come in and do some home cleaning and spend time with the kids. Yeah,
0: It stands out to me, Vivian, that you are someone who is very adaptable and being able to plan meticulously in advance. But I'm curious for both of your children, Were there any challenges with the adjustments when they first came? Were there parts like whether it's cuisine, the ways of working, the weather (laughs) that they didn't like, they weren't used to? Because I know West Coast, West Coast, and I think a big part of that is the beautiful weather that you get.
1: Yeah, totally. My older daughter had a bit of language barrier. Believe it or not, Mm -hmm. she spent most of the time in the States, but then we gave her most of the exposures in Chinese. So she was Mm. not as fluent in English as probably similar ages who is like, in the English native speaker. So when she first came to here, it was bilingual, but there's definitely some expectations of level proficiency of English. She couldn't quite cope with or meet the bar. So I think for the first few months, she had a little bit like resistance in going to school. Mm. And it's a new environment. She doesn't necessarily know her friends yet. And half of the time, she couldn't quite understand what people are saying. Or maybe 40% of the time. Her personality kind of shifted from used to be a very talkative, expressive kids to a little bit more quiet. It took a bit of an adjustment, but I wasn't particularly worried because I know kids young age will learn fast enough. So I just keep pushing her, send her to school. While sometimes there's tears on her face. I try to give her extra English materials, online courses offline, so then she can like catch up. I don't think Mm. it took long, but language barrier I think was where it had the most apparent impact Mm. when she moved here. Yeah, that's probably the main thing. And she misses her old friends who is yep. not here, right? So it takes a bit of time to re-establish her little kind of network. But that probably solved it faster enough that like, once she grasped the language, she started to have friends. Now she's such a happy girl in her class.
0: That's wonderful. And so maybe if I had to ask you to turn back the clock two years, Vivian, was there anything that you would have done differently? whether as a mom or at the workplace, with making the adjustment and transition?
1: Maybe to give my elder daughter more exposure to English back then. Okay. That's probably the main thing. Otherwise, I wish I had moved to Singapore earlier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because um, it's, a, it's such a great opportunity. And also, maybe tell me a bit about strike. How did they facilitate that adjustment? Because starting a new job, I'm sure there's established set of practices and all that. But I guess for you, it was slightly different. You were moving from a new country altogether. Tell me a bit more about how they supported that process.
1: Yeah, no, Stripe has been amazing in supporting that process. I essentially interviewed go went through the process in U.S. I was mm. physically in U.S. Talked to most of the U.S. team. Did some Zoom call with. Singapore-based team members. They sponsored my visa application or work pass application, which, lucky enough, I think back then was able to get the pass. What else? I think there was like my manager back then was in Singapore while myself is in US so there was a few months time I was working from US with mm-hmm. Singapore team. So I had to shift my hour to late night in US time zone, but you know, daytime here in Singapore. Folks were accommodating, they never demanded me to work like extremely late hours. We heavily rely on written communication. Mm. That's a big part of our culture. And I think that has been a plus Or situations like COVID or you have to work a little bit remote. What else? I think generally because Drive had like offices in US and Singapore, so there's mm. like a base both sides, that has been very helpful. I was able to go to the offices in US and Singapore, nice. um, those people both sides. We had the like lawyers who helped me prepare all those dogs. Part of the relocation package, they send someone to kind of tour me around the country so that has been a big relief they helped to ship my stuff generally i feel like it's very considerate well packed uh. oh the other thing they offer what do i call 30 day accommodation for temporary housing when we ah, first land okay. which made a huge difference right i had uh, 30 days of time to like lock Centering, in a yeah yes. lock in a rate, lock in an apartment i would say the most critical thing to just take one big item off your immediate urgent
0: list. Uh, sounds like that incredible support. And it comes in a whole combination of small things that add up to really make that whole experience a lot easier. Right? And I'm glad that you made the transition very smoothly. You and your family are well settled down in Singapore now. So Vivian, to wrap up today's conversation, if there's one lesson that you have learned as a parent in tech, what would that be?
1: Let me try to make this a little bit shorter, but essentially, I have seen a lot of synergies between being a parent and being a technical engineering manager. And it's funny, the more I spend time being a manager and being a parent, the more I realize that there's a lot of overlap. Like I've learned... From how to deal with my toddlers, how to communicate with them, and apply the same technique in like how to communicate at work. I've learned how to give in feedback to my team members. Sometimes you know constructive feedback for areas of improvement. Applying mm. that technique in coaching my kids to behave differently. So that part has been interesting to see, and I think sometimes high leverage because I kind of learn mutual ways. Yeah, that's something fun that useful to share with someone else.
0: I love that. How you are at the workplace, the lessons as a leader, you take it back home, and I'm sure vice versa. Well, Vivin, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. If some of our audience would like to connect with you, how can they best do so?
1: I'm actually not very active on Twitter. LinkedIn? Yes, uh, definitely. You can find me on LinkedIn. Search my name and Singapore's drive. It should pop up. LinkedIn is a pretty good
0: Sure, sounds good. We'll find you there. All right, thank you so much once again, Vivian, for joining us on the show. Really appreciate it.
1: Okay, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Parents & Tech Podcast with me, your host, Tsingen. We hope you were inspired on how to raise kids and build companies. To catch up on earlier episodes or stay updated with upcoming ones, head over to www. Parents.fm to join our community of parents in tech. There, you can also drop me a question, idea, feedback or suggestion. Once again, the website is www.parents.fm. That's all for this episode folks, see you next time!